When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to World Cups in a nutshell. It is Wednesday morning, the 26th of October, 2022. Daniel Pedigree with you, broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Queensland, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. one 1170 our open line number. You can send a text 0457 736 736. Big show today before breakfast with Jimmy and Brandy, this morning, Vossi on World Cup duties, calling that game in about half an hour's time between Papua New Guinea and the Cook Islands. We'll keep you across that when it gets underway. So Jimmy and Brandy for you. Queensland listeners, you'll take the first hour of that breakfast show before Patton Hills comes along uh, Come along at 7am, uh, 6am local time for you. Lots to get through as well over the course of the next hour. We're going to talk to Matty Cox from Tradies News in Melbourne in about 15 minutes, talk about some of the big sporting issues of the week. World Cups, uh, a lot going Going on, as I said, that Rugby League World Cup continuing on. The final game of the second week of the Rugby League World Cup. And what about the cricket last night? Australia winning. Very, very important match. We'll have a listen to some of those highlights in just a second. Plenty of other news away from uh, both the World Cups as well that we'll get to over the course of the next hour as well. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, the open line number, or you can text 0457-736-736. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rain. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a ring. Yeah, does your hot water need replacing? Get one that's steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a ream. Two past five in New South Wales, two past four in Queensland. Now, I take it if you're up this early listening to the show, you probably didn't watch much of the cricket. Uh, It didn't start until 10 p.m. local time, New South Wales time, 9 p.m. in Queensland. A lot of talk about the start time uh, and the crown in Perth, which was really why the game started at that time. Wasn't that great either. So if you did miss it, Australia winning by seven wickets will take you through some of the big issues coming out of the match. But this is some of the highlights you would have heard here on SEN. Agar, quicker, up and under. It's going to clear mid-off, getting around Warner. He's been good. He's been brilliant. And that is a sensational catch in the outer, David Warner. Harsh now in, up and under. Over the top of the infield and over the top of the boundary for six. That's Lanka. In comes Cummins. Shot straight over the top of mid-off, all the way for six. What a shot! Place had a roof uh, lifted off. Cummins again wide, just gets back to ball, beats the field all the way to the boundary. Four runs. Wow-wee, what an over by Sri Lanka. And Australia are going to have to be at their very best. 157. Warner 
stands. He's out. First ball. He's hit it to cover. And Warner's on his way. Sri Lanka get the breakthrough. Three players out on the boundary on the leg side. Marsh comes straight down the middle. Clears the fence. That's six. Big hitting Bison Mitch Marsh. And he stands and says, get it out of here. Clears the fence. 12 rows back. And whack. Catch it, Hoggy. It's coming our way. Bang. Big six. Clears mid off. And Maxwell goes a whackity whack whack. And there it is, 25 rows back. Stoinis brings up 50, raises the bats, and has smashed Australia to the step of victory. Yes, uh, Marcus Stoinis, uh, brilliant work there. 59 runs not out. Aaron Finch not out on 31. Uh, so Australia winning in the end by seven wickets, uh, chasing 158. David Warner went cheaply again for 11, as you would have heard there. Mitch Marsh on 18. Uh, Glenn Maxwell managed to get 23 before he was actually, he wasn't out. He was substitute after getting a uh, ball in the neck. Didn't look very good in the highlights I saw. So hopefully he's okay. But Australia, a much needed win over Sri Lanka. They will go on now to play um, England on next uh, well, on Friday night. Uh, so another important match. And it was marred as well because Adam Zampa just hours beforehand uh, was out with COVID, uh, ruled out with COVID. Now, under the rules, and we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, under the rules in terms of the T20 World Cup, you are able to play with COVID, but uh, they obviously opted to take the safe choice and not play. So well done to Australia getting that win over uh, Sri Lanka. Good to see Aaron Fidge getting uh, back into some form. That Stoinis, 59, not out of 18 balls. It was the fastest 50 ever by an Aussie in any format. Quite remarkable. Well done uh, to Marcus Stoinis. Yeah, Finch, uh, 31, not out of 42 balls. Um, uh, David Warner, as I said, only 11. Uh, Glenn Maxwell, superb, 23 of 12 before he had to retire hurt. Did you stay up and watch the game? I mean, I, I didn't. It didn't start until 10 p.m. And what do you make of uh, the situation as well of catering it to local time in Perth? There was a lot of criticism on social media I saw last night and also this morning that it should have been played at 7 p.m. Sydney time or give Perth that match on a Friday or Saturday night. Uh, 1300 01 1170, the open line number, or you can send a text on 0457 736 736. Um, good, good fight back by Australia after a disappointing result against New Zealand, but we know the real test, I think, comes on Friday night against England. We will talk to Jack Clifton on Friday morning about that match, a crucial match for both of those teams. Uh, 1300 01 1170 is the open line number or you can text 0457 736 736. The T20 World Cup um, the T20 World Cup continues. Ireland taking on England at 3 o'clock tonight and then New Zealand will take on Afghanistan. We will take a short break. Andrew Voss will join me next as will Matty Cox. It is 7 past 5 7 past 4 in Queensland. It's now time for a Rugby League World Cup update. It is, and let's cross straight to England to one half of the breakfast show. But he's on a World Cup duties today, calling Papua New Guinea up against Cook Islands. Andrew Voss in Warrington, I believe it is. Good morning to you. Yes, good morning to you, or good evening here from Warrington, one of the great, the great rugby league towns of the world. I mean, this is rugby league through and through. 
Um, I've witnessed some really good World Cup matches here previously, and I think tonight will be another one. I, I, I think this is a highly competitive game, uh, plenty of big match experience across uh, both teams. With the opportunity here, if Cook Islands was to win, they would qualify for the quarterfinals for the first time. And if Papua New Guinea win, they start setting a path towards a quarterfinal clash against England. I reckon, I won't say too loudly here in the North England, I reckon they can threaten England. Here if I they can. put it together, Papua New Guinea can cause England a problem. But they have to get through tonight. They can't be complacent. They were very good. They were very unlucky to lose last week to Tonga. So really good match that will track the progress of this morning on your show and and breakfast with uh, Jimmy and Brandy. Yeah, of course, Reece Martin looking to break that record as well. You mentioned Papua New Guinea very good last week. Of course, Cook Island's got the win over Wales. How do you see this one going, kicking off in just over 15 minutes? Yeah, look, I will I will stick with uh, Papua New Guinea. The, the Cook Island side was a little slow starting against uh, against Wales. They, they trailed at half-time, uh, came back, kept their opponents scoreless in the second half. Uh, the same could be said, I guess, of Papua New Guinea. Look, they, they scored the first try against Reece Martin. But uh, through Reece Martin, but found themselves down by 12 at half time. I just think there's a little more uh, completeness about them. I, I think they've got, it's very makeshift around the halves tonight. Mm. Uh, Takarangi and uh, Isain Masters set to play halfback. Um, I, I think that PNG might just have a few too many points in them. All right, we'll let you go. I know you're a busy man. Uh, hopefully, Reece Martin does break that world record and you didn't uh, jinx him when we were speaking to when you were speaking to him. Oh, look, at, well, look, if it's a kick from the sideline and he gets it, I'll make this promise. I will lose my you-know-what. I've had a very interesting day. I got mm. uh, slightly lost. I missed the oh. train station. I ended up at a place called Crew, standing oh. on Crew Station for an hour. Had the worst coffee <laughs> in my life at Crew, but they have... They have poker machines on the uh, platform. How good ah. that? Gamble responsibly. Lovely, lovely. Keeps you entertained. Have a good call, yeah. Vossie. We'll speak again later. Bye now. Uh, Andrew Voss, and you can uh, hear that call on Fox League uh, coming up in around about 15 minutes. We'll keep you up to date as well uh, for uh, you on this show when it kicks off in about 15 minutes. And then Jimmy and Brandy and also Pat in Heels for breakfast. Uh, we're going to have a chat with Maddie Cox in around about ooh, a minute uh, in Melbourne, host of Tradies News. If you want to talk about the cricket, also going to talk about Colt Heroes this morning. We'll get onto that on the back of Andrew Hafida announcing his retirement. Open line number is 1300 01 1170. You can send us a text as well on 0457 736 736. And that game uh, kicking off in around about 15 minutes. It's the final game of week two of the World Cup. And, of course, yesterday we saw Tonga, 32 over Wales. Six Wales started off that game quite well with first score, but then Tonga, uh, hat-trick to Daniel Tupo, ran away with it, looking like they're going to be facing Samoa in a quarter final. It is coming up to quarter past five. Let's have a chat to Manny Cox in Melbourne. And a very good morning to you, Dan. Morning to you, Matty. How are you? Oh, good. You've had a very busy morning this morning. Yeah, well, we started out <laughs> talking about the cricket. Um, an amazing, well, good win by Australia. Played very late at night. I might get your take on that in just a second. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, just had a chat with Andrew Voss, who's calling the final game of the second week of the Rugby League World Cup with Papua New Guinea and Cook Islands. Being played in Warrington tonight, uh, this morning, Matty. Kick off in about 15 minutes there. How's Australia looking, uh, given that you're a lot closer to this than what I am? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, they beat Scotland over the course of the weekend. It was on uh, Saturday morning. It was a good win. It was 84-0, uh, Matty, so it was <laughs> just quite... A, just, 
Just an okay margin. Yeah, just just, just a uh, small margin. Yeah, look, it, there's been a lot of talk this week, and I'd, I'd sort of be interested to get your take. And obviously, you're away from the Rugby League World Cup. You're not watching every game. But there's been a lot of talk about how one-sided some of these games have been. New Zealand put 70-odd against Jamaica. Um, and we saw England uh, not smash France, but still put about 40 points on them. A lot of talk this week about the one-sidedness of this part of the World Cup until we get to the quarterfinals and the semifinals. But my argument is in most World Cups, maybe take football out of it, generally speaking, you do get one-sided results. Um, so it, it's just the nature of what sport is, really. And I think the immediate comparison is what is currently occurring in the T20 World yes. Cup. And at the moment, we're getting very close encounters between, um, well, most of them have been fairly close, but mm. a lot of them lend themselves to the ability for it to, to be quite a, a big margin or, or quite a gap between the top sides and the bottom sides. So I think it's going to be a conversation that would rear its head no matter what, what sporting format you're talking about. 100%. And I, I know people who are over in the UK at the moment going around the UK, going to as many games as uh, they can. Now, obviously, it's hard to get to every game, but they're loving it. You know, they're having the time of their lives. The next Rugby League World Cup is in France in a few years' time, and I can imagine that would be a lot of fun as well. So uh, it's sort of hard. And as you mentioned, the T20 World Cup, that's here. That's in Australia. People can go to it. Most of it is in our time zone apart from uh, last night. So you can watch it. You can enjoy it. Uh, when you're not there and when it's on the other side of the world, it is probably a little hard to take it in, especially when it's played at, you know, 5.30 in the morning. Some games have been played at 3 a.m. in the morning. But I was having a chat with Vossi yesterday, Maddie, and that final at Old Trafford, which I've got tickets to, uh, 55,000 <laughs> seats already sold. And that's before we know whether England are making the final or not. So it is gaining quite a lot of traction in the UK, which is what uh, the sport wants. And if you, again, applied it to the immediate here in Australia with the T20 World yeah. Cup, where now the, the the investment in it, this time last week we mm. were talking about the fact that there was not a great deal of engagement. There was not a great deal of hype leading up to mm. Australia and New Zealand at the SCG yeah. on Saturday and then the India-Pakistan mm. match on Sunday here at the MCG. I want to talk to you about that in a second as well. <laughs> Well, let's let's talk yeah. about it now because immediately following those two matches, okay, from an Australian perspective, mm. probably wasn't the greatest of outcomes, <laughs> but we're now embracing it. We're now Correct. embracing the tournament and there was a fair few eyeballs, even though it was late last night, on what Australia was was going to provide, was going to dish up, given it was such a disastrous game on Saturday night. Well, you're right. Um, as, and we, as you said, we spoke about it last week. And really, from the moment, it almost wasn't sold out ECG, but it was a big crowd there on Saturday night. Um, and you mentioned the game at the MCG, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, as soon as those two matches were on, especially the Australia-New Zealand match, uh, everyone started to pay attention to it. I know on Saturday night myself, I watched all of it. Uh, I watched most of it on Sunday night, a bit tricky with the early hours we work, um, but uh, saw definitely all the highlights on the Monday morning. So I think everyone is invested in it. Um, and even, as you say, the game last night at a tricky hour, still a lot of people watching it. And then you fast forward to Friday night when Australia's next in action against England, you'd expect a big crowd there and you'd expect a big... 
uh, TV audience as well. So I think as soon as these events start, um, and I understand that it was on last week, but uh, the Super 12, of course, beginning with uh, those games over the course of last weekend, people do get invested in it. And I think it's, I think it's been actually really exciting tournament so far. And we've still got, what, three or so weeks to go. We do. We do indeed. And this whole, rel- I'm quite being big on questioning the relevance of the T20 and, and, mm. and the format itself, that how legitimate that you can take it. And and I suppose on Sunday night, we saw what, mm. it, what it can provide, this format. It can, can provide that tension and the drama that I'm certainly searching for as a, a sporting fan, which I don't think T20 cricket mm. is renowned for. We're, we're almost accompanied the tournament with this... I suppose the the expectation that it's just going to be a, a bit of a, a hit and giggle kind of approach, a smash it around the park. Mm. But there's more to it. And I just wonder if Australia doesn't make, at minimum, the finals, mm. even the final, mm. that this relevance of T20 and the format and the appreciation for the format we won't be as invested as what we could be. Would, is it, am I being too critical and too harsh on this, Dan? No, I think you're right. If Australia don't make, I would say the semi-finals. I think finals, uh, and I think it's on a Saturday night in Australia, something like that. Anyway, I think people would watch it because it is a final of a major sporting tournament. I do agree, though. If they don't make at least the semi-finals, I think the interest will wane a little bit. Um, and I kind of wonder as well if that's on uh, back of, back of the Big Bash a little bit, who has been, who have been struggling over the past few years. You cast your mind back, Matty, what five, ten years ago. The Big Bash was the tournament of the summer; it'd be the thing everyone wants to watch. But now, a lot of what I hear during the summer, and I was doing a few overnight shows uh, last summer when the Big Bash was on, people were just saying it is too long. So I wonder if that format of twenty twenty cricket has taken away how good it actually can be. Now, we still see a lot of uh, great Big Bash matches, but because we see so much of it over the space of a six- to eight-week period, it may have just taken away the limelight from what we do see with India and Pakistan and matches like that. And because there is so many matches, and in in the past, because it has been a shorter tournament, there's been more on the line. So there mm. is that tension and the drama that, that builds, but... These days, because the tournament goes for such an extended period of time, mm. there's not that much on the line, which means you have these games which lose the meaning, lose the... And I t- think it takes the shine off the format. I don't know. I, I remember thinking after we won the World Cup last mm. year, mm. There, was a, a, there was a shift. There was a change in how T20 cricket was interpreted in this country. That was just the, the immediate reaction, and I know it was probably at the time in terms of the, the recency bias to Australia's success. But I just felt as if there was more of an appreciation for the format and that kind of dwindled away over the last 12 months. And we're getting little samples of it again here. And I just wonder if for the long-term investment for the, the neutral fanning in cricket, I just wonder whether we need more matches as to what we saw across the weekend, particularly on Sunday night, to, to, to strengthen that investment in T20 cricket? I think also, uh, we're not just talking about T20 cricket, there is a lot of cricket on throughout the year. And people, 
uh, you know, there are the cricket fans who will watch every match throughout the year, as you get in every sport. But a lot of people in Australia tune into the cricket over the summer. Uh, they may, if there's an Ashes series or something like that in our winter, watch it. But it does, I wouldn't say it gets forgotten, but it does get lost in the AFL and the NRL seasons during the year. And then people start to turn on again, as we're seeing now with the T20 World Cup. But I want to ask you a question, though, Matty, in terms of what we saw on Sunday night at the MCG with that India-Pakistan match, 90-odd thousand people there. Um, I've, I've heard people that have been to the MCG multiple times, seen AFL Grand Finals, Boxing Day tests, saying that that is up there. Some of them even said that is the best thing they've ever seen at the MCG. I'm not sure if you were there, Matty, but what did you take out of what you saw on Sunday night in terms of uh, on the relevance of how big that was for the MCG? Uh, no, I, w- I wasn't there. was watching on uh, mm. TV. and Even through the... the, the you, you sat in the lounge room, or at least I did on uh, on Saturday, uh, Sunday night, mm. rather, and you just wanted to be a part of it. Correct. But that Those opening few overs of that encounter, when it was raucous, mm. the crowd coming through the speakers, I could only imagine what it would be like to have been in the stands of the MCG on Sunday night. Mm. And it's posed the question, because it was such a good vibe and the stories that you hear of people that were in attendance on Sunday night about just how good the atmosphere was, it's raised the question, could we have more neutral Mm. events here in Australia? So the, the, the theory that's been spoken about or the idea or concept that's been spoken about in the the immediate uh, reaction to the match was, is it, could a, a test series work between, mm. or, or a test match work between these two nations at the MCG? Would it generate the same kind of response? And part of me says yes, yeah. because there is such an appetite for for it. But then there's another part of me that says, well, because it was such a, a big occasion and because it is a part of a World Cup and there is a lot at stake, it it does make me wonder if, you know, potentially, maybe, there wouldn't be the same sort of appetite. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I think at the moment, yes, but it was also, yeah, it's a hard one because it's also a one-off special occasion as well. So so you don't know whether it would get that same interest three, four, five days in a row, um, but I think it would be a good idea to try. And you, look, you compare that crowd, Matty, to what you used to get when we used to have, and sometimes we just still do, the tri-series one-day cricket matches uh, when we have uh, the teams that aren't Australia playing. There's not a lot of interest in that in terms of crowd figures. So compare that to what we saw on Sunday night, and I agree. I think a test match at the MCG between those two countries would be uh, fantastic. I, I, I think it's a great idea. Would you get tickets to it, Dan? Uh, very... Yeah, uh, look, I don't know. It depends what else is happening in, in the schedule, oh, Matty. We'll just I have really, to wait and see. Uh, Robbie Williams might be performing or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Now, next <laughs> week, next week, Matty's our last chat for quite some time. I'm going to. It's going to be very emotional, Matty. Oh, for you it might yeah, be. For yeah, me, it's for not. You. No, okay. You, 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 you get to go on a break. I don't. I can keep doing this. So yes, you'll be. You'll still be <laughs> keeping the dream alive for the three thirty a.m. alarm. Oh, well, three o'clock. Three thank o'clock. Very much Ooh. in my part of the world. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, thank you for the reminder <laughs> of that. And I greatly appreciate it. That's where we'll wrap it up this morning, Dan. Thank That's, you. Uh, thank you. Well, uh, we, we may do it now next week. I'm not sure uh, based on that evidence. I look forward to speaking <laughs> to you next week, Matty. Have a good one. <laughs> good on you, Dan.
Matty Cox in Melbourne, host of Tradies News in a nutshell in Melbourne. We will speak to him again uh, next week. Interesting what he had to say there about the potential of an India-Pakistan test match at the MCG. Look, we saw how good it was on a Sunday night. Would it work? 0457 736 736 is the text number. Or you can call the open line on 1300 Um Yeah, look, I think it would have the potential to work. My only fear would be, would it garner the interest for the whole five days, which it could go, especially having to play at least some of those days on uh, weekdays. Anyway, your thoughts, 0457 736 736, your open line number, 1300 01 1170. So, yeah, it was a bit rushed earlier on, but Australia winning by seven wickets. Uh, Sri Lanka made six for a 157, and then Australia uh, of 16.3 overs got those runs, 158. So the game's later on today at 3 p.m. Ireland will play England, and then at 7 p.m. today, uh, it will be New Zealand up against Afghanistan. As I say, Australia back in action on Friday night against England, which is a very important uh, game in the context of the World Cup. That's Friday night at 7 p.m. That is Sydney time, so 6 p.m., of course, in Queensland. Your thoughts on the match last night if you're up watching and then up early this morning, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number, or you can uh, send a text on 0457-736-736. Plenty uh, to get through in terms of rugby league as well. That game uh, between Papua New Guinea and the Cook Islands just a minute away from getting underway. Um, on the text line, on the open line, news coming through yesterday about Andrew Fafita. Now, we knew he was uh, leaving the Sharks at the end of the season just gone, but he has chosen to retire amid seven surgeries, despite interest from the Bulldogs and Manly. It brings the curtain down on one of the great rugby league careers. Now, he made the heartbreaking decision to retire from rugby league, despite being in talks with Canterbury and the Manly Seagulls to continue his career in 2023. Uh, The 33-year-old scored 40 tries in 251 NRL games for the Tigers and Sharks, winning a premiership in 2016. And he also played 10 Origins for New South Wales and 17 tests for Tonga uh, and the Kangaroos in a glittering rugby league career. And I heard uh, Joel and Fletch yesterday talking about uh, Andrew Fita and Tonga in the World Cup now and what a force they are, chance to go all the way in this year's World Cup over in the UK. Um, and if it wasn't for him setting the trend, and it really was him that set the trend to not want to play for Australia and go and play for Tonga, they may not be in the position, same goes with Samoa, they may not be in the position they may well be in the next few weeks. Definitely, even if they aren't to make the final, definitely they're a hell of a lot better uh, thanks to him uh, and thanks to players like him that have made the decision to go and play for Tonga. Um, and, of course, uh, his standout moment, no doubt, was in the 2016 Grand Final, uh, scoring that try uh, in that game against Melbourne to give Cronulla their first premiership. He'll go as down as one of the Sharks' favourite players, one of the Sharks' best players of all time. But it got me thinking on the open line, on one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, or you can text 0457 736 736. You're cold heroes. Now, he is definitely more than a cold hero. He was a fantastic player, one of the best prop forwards in the game, and his best. And we saw what he did now for New South Wales, for Cronulla, for Australia, for Tonga. But cold heroes at your club, and it doesn't just have to be rugby league, can be cricket, can be tennis, can be AFL, any sport. Cold heroes, is there someone that stands out that you just loved watching? Um, even if they weren't the best at their sport, 
or best in their team, just someone you loved watching. one 1170 is the open line number, or you can send a text 0457 736 736, cult heroes of your team or any sport. Happy to hear from you over the course of the next half an hour. And Andrew Fafita, what will you remember him for? Will it be that 2016 grand final? I think for most people, definitely Cronulla Sharks fans, it definitely will be. Cricket last night, your thoughts on it, Marcus Stoinis, the quickest ever 50 by an Aussie in any format. 59 not out of 18 balls, a remarkable innings, and good to see Aaron Finch back in form as well. Plenty of other news uh, floating around. We'll get to that after the break. The game between Papua New Guinea and the Cook Islands in Warrington at Halliwell Jones Stadium is underway. Uh, just 90 seconds gone, and it's Papua New Guinea nil, the Cook Islands nil. Vossi is right as well when he talks about uh, this group. Uh, obviously, Papua New Guinea, if they win, and you would expect them to beat the Cook Islands, although it probably should be a bit closer than most of the other games across uh, the weekend, one would expect. They were very good last week against Tonga. You'd expect if they do beat the Cook Islands, they will finish in second position in that group. But two minutes gone, they've had most of the ball early stages of this match. Looks like a decent crowd in Warrington on a Tuesday night in England, and two minutes gone, Papua New Guinea and Cook Islands nil all. 0457 736 736, our text number. You can call the open line, one 1170 We'll take a break, come back and look at some of the other news of the day. We'll also get to your text. It is 27 and a half to 6 in New South Wales, 27 and a half to 5 in Queensland. Good to have your company on this Wednesday morning. Six and a half gone in that game between Papua New Guinea and Cook Islands. Nil all uh, in that game at the moment. The final game of group, uh, final game of week two of the World Cup. And next weekend as well, only a couple of days off and then uh, back in action. Just running through some of the games we'll see next week as well. Uh, New Zealand and Ireland, Saturday morning at 5.30. Uh, and then Sunday, three games. England, Greece at 12.30 in the morning. Fiji up against Scotland. Australia's final group game will be against Italy. That will be played on Sunday morning at 5.30 a.m. in St. Helens, totally wicked stadium. Uh, then Lebanon, Jamaica at 11 p.m. on Sunday night. Then on Monday, Tonga play the Cook Islands. That'll be an interesting game, that one. That's 1.30 a.m. Monday morning, followed by Samoa, France at 4 a.m. Uh, on Monday morning. And then on Tuesday morning, the final game of the pool stages of the men's side of the Rugby League World Cup will be 6.30 a.m. next Tuesday with Papua New Guinea taking on Wales, uh, seven and a half gone. Cook Islands have just made a break, looking like they're going to get uh, the first points, although they're just dragged to ground. So still uh, nil all between Papua New Guinea and the Cook Islands, eight minutes gone. Asking you cold heroes on the back of Andrew Fafita's retirement on the text on 0457 736 736 or the open line on 1300-01-1170. Yeovil Treatment's been on the text. He says, hi, Dan. A sporting cult hero from left field, Colin Funky Miller. First person to get a test wicket with blue hair. It's a very good stat. Uh, could bowl spin a medium pace equally well? A chain smoker who seemed completely out of place in Steve Waugh's professional team of the late 1990s, but definitely very talented and worth watching. That from the Yeovil Treatment. Yes, I remember him. Uh Bit young, don't remember all of his career, but I remember uh, the latter stages of his latter stages of his career was definitely an interesting uh, player, wasn't he? But that's what I'm talking about. Cold heroes, good suggestion. Cold here, uh, uh, Yeovil Treatment about a cold hero. Keep them coming in. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. The text number or open line one three hundred. 11170 Now, yesterday on the show we mentioned about Shane Flanagan. 
in terms of NRL news, heading to the Manly Seagulls on a three-year contract, but he can uh, opt to leave, I think, after a year if he uh, gets a head coaching uh, role. Well, you'll never guess what name has popped up to replace him at the St. George Illawarra Dragons. That name is Nathan Brown, the former Dragons coach, of course, played for the Dragons as well. Um, and he has emerged as the prime candidate to take over Shane Flanagan's head of recruitment role at the Dragons. So this comes after, as I said, Flanagan was offered one of Anthony Seabolt's assisting co- assistant coaching positions at Manly. Sources of the Dragons claim Flanagan has not yet officially accepted Manly's offer as of yesterday, although that appears of formality. That means that finding a new head of recruitment now becomes a priority for the Dragons. Flanagan's role is speci- uh, specifically labelled the top 30 list management consultant, but in a nutshell, that means head of recruitment. For that reason, the Dragons' job would appear perfectly suited to a person like Nathan Brown and contacts within the game. The major issue is uh, Brown recently accepted an ongoing role at Parramatta after doing a review into the Eels Pathways program. But he had previously spoken to the Dragons before starting work at the Eels. Uh, But, of course, at that point in time, there was no positions for him. Flanagan's departure has now opened the door. Now, he couldn't be contacted yesterday, Nathan Brown, but it's no secret he still has plenty of close bonds with people at the Dragons, and his name will be at the top of the list when the hunt to replace Flanagan officially commences. Now, he obviously stood down as Warriors coach uh, earlier on this season. Uh, standing career, played 151 games for the Dragons between 2003 and 2008 and had a mixed uh, coaching record when he was coaching the Dragons. But he did, I have to say, still win 53% of his games when he was coaching the St. George Illawarra Dragons. What do you reckon? Nathan Brown returning to the Dragons, not as a coach, uh, but as head of recruitment. He obviously knows the game very well. Um, has had mixed results in terms of his coaching career, not just at the Dragons, overseas, obviously, uh, back here at Australia as well. But Dragons fans, would you like Nathan Brown back involved in your club? 0457 736 736 or 1300 1170 is the open line number. Uh, the Dragons management continue to back Anthony Griffin as well, but we know there are fractures within the playing group. Uh, the trouble, though, replacing Griffin at this point is coming up with a suitable replacement given the lack of experienced coaches on the market. Of course, Des has the one option. Uh, Shane Flanagan has apparently assured Manley that if he takes the job, he will stay a Seabolt's assistant for at least a year. And Michael McGuire has given a similar assurance after taking on a role as Ricky Stewart's defensive coach. So your thoughts on all of that, Nathan Brown, potentially heading back to the Dragons as head of recruitment. I think they could do uh, worse, but uh, a lot of history there. Uh, Good and bad history for Nathan Brown at the Dragons. Cook Islands have posted first points in this game against Papua New Guinea, so 11 minutes gone, and it's the Cook Islands with a penalty goal leading Papua New Guinea by two points to nil. And uh, from the bits and pieces I've seen over the past five minutes since... Are looking like the Cook Islands have had more of the ball against Papua New Guinea. A little similar to the way Wales started out yesterday against Tonga before Tonga uh, started to run away with it and finished 32 points to six winners. So 2-0 at the moment, uh, 11 and a bit minutes gone. The Cook Islands leading Papua New Guinea in Warrington. Um, and another chance for the Cook Islands as well, although Papua New Guinea have just been awarded a penalty. Interesting as well that NRL Chief Andrew Abdo says a game in the US next year and the revival of Rugby League's Ashes Series for the first time in two decades will be considered as part of a game, a part of a push to grow the game internationally. 
Uh, we were talking about this yesterday with Vossi and uh, with a couple of callers on the open line and the text line about we need to grow the game internationally and we need more international rugby league as well. Now, this isn't exactly about international rugby league, although there is talk about the Ashes uh, returning. So the ARL Commission is going to meet today to discuss a range of issues, including the collective bargaining agreement, negotiations, club grants, and the finalisation of the draw for next year. The Rugby League Players Association recently wrote to its players, assuring them it will not be pressured into agreeing to terms that are unreasonable or unsatisfactory for players, and it is time to genuinely start bargaining with the NRL to strike a deal. The clubs are seeking more money, demanding an increase in the annual grant to a record $5 million more than the salary cap from last year. Last season, uh, the base cap was $9.1 million. Those discussions are ongoing while the Rugby League World Cup takes place. Now, with the announcement of next year's NRL draw uh, very close, we're expecting it, uh, I thought, at the end of November, but maybe it'll be earlier than that. Uh, One of the burning issues today will be whether to proceed with plans to take a game to the US for the first time. Now, Andrew Abdo said, we are absolutely looking at it. Growth in the game in America is real for us. We believe rugby league is the best professional sport on the planet and an opportunity to take that to a market like America is enticing for us. We will be looking at that and working hard on making that happen over a long term. It's certainly a consideration for the draw next year. Manly will be one of the competing teams if the venture is given the green light. Uh, While top contenders to join them in America, uh, either the Sydney Roosters or the Melbourne Storm. Of course, South Sydney for a long time was rumoured to be one of those teams, but they decided to pull out a couple of months ago. So now the Roosters or Melbourne are likely to join Manly over there. And Kangaroos coach Melbourne Inga has called for the traditional Ashes series to England to return for the first time in more than two decades from 2024. Uh, The commission is right behind international football. We've been working with the clubs and the players recently on how that can work, Abdo said. That would be good. I think an Ashes series back in 2024 and more international rugby league, I think, not less, is what we need. But what do you make of this game in the U.S.? whether it'll be finalised or not. And Vossi was talking about the draw yesterday as well on Breakfast with Vossi and Brandy about this one team that's going to miss out on Magic Round. Now, we don't know what that's going to be. Uh, Talks that the World Club Challenge will continue or resume next year after a few years off due to COVID, um, with Penrith taking on St. Helens, and St. Helens looking likely to be able to come to Australia and play Penrith probably before the season starts. But Vossi mentioned it, and I've heard a couple of people mention it throughout the past few months, that why not play the World Club Challenge in Magic Round? So you've got Penrith up against St. Helens probably on the Saturday night, and then you've got all the other 16 teams playing the NRL. You're going to be, there's going to be one very unlucky team, and who knows who it's going to be and how they work it out. Going to be one unlucky team that misses Magic Round next year. Um, and you would say that whoever's team misses out, well, all their fans, and they were, and whoever, look, I was up there this year, I think every team takes some element of fans up to Brisbane, up to Suncorp Stadium for Magic Round. So whoever misses out, uh, all their fans won't be going to it as well. So I'm not entirely sure how they're going to make that decision. That World Club Challenge idea from Vossi, and I've heard it from a few other people, I think a pretty good one, but I uh, don't, don't think that's going to happen at least next year. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, 1170 the open line number. You can text us on 0457 736 736. 14 and a half gone in that game between Papua New Guinea and the Cook Islands. Cook Islands lead 2-0, but uh, Papua New Guinea look like they're streaking away for their first try, and it is a try to Papua New Guinea. 
Guinea. Uh, so they get the first try of the game and take the lead for the first time. 15 minutes gone with a kick to come. It's Papua New Guinea 4 leading the Cook Islands 2 in Warrington at Halliwell Jones Stadium. Asking you this morning, Cold Heroes on the back of Andrew Rafita's retirement. Your thoughts on the cricket uh, last night and your thoughts on that Magic Ground situation as well. Would you be playing that World Club Challenge potentially on the Saturday night of uh, NRL Magic Round. And how are you going to figure out? How do you figure out which team misses Magic Round? one 1170 the open line number. You can te- uh, you can call one 1170 Don't forget, this season, Makita is helping you rule the outdoors. We'll take a break. Come back with more. This is World Cups in a Nutshell. It is. Let's go to the open line. one three hundred oh one e eleven seventy. Albert from Parramatta on the line. Morning, Albert. Hey, how you doing? Uh, yeah, so with the uh, magic round, who gets to miss out? Yeah. These days, it's everyone gets a prize. Oh, it's all fair. No, we can't leave anyone behind. I'm a diehard Tigers fan, but mm. you know what? They just weren't good enough. You get the wooden spoon, you don't go up the next year. That's all there is to it. Yeah, and Albert, there's been a lot of talk. I've heard a lot of people make that suggestion as well. I suppose, and look, I think that's a very good idea. I think that's definitely one way they're going to have to look at it. I suppose the only yeah. issue is going to be is if in years to come and if Magic Round does remain in Queensland and a Queensland team does finish last, that may cause issues because if the Broncos are to finish last, you can't imagine them not having uh, a game at Magic Ground in Brisbane. But I agree with you. Maybe they have to set out rules that whoever finishes last that year misses out on Magic Ground. If you're not good enough, you're not good enough. Yeah, exactly, exactly. How are you feeling about your Tigers next year? Expecting a better year, maybe? I don't, I don't know about that. I, I think I think they're going to get a lot worse before they get any better, to be honest with you. I don't think they're going to turn it around just like that. But... Yeah, I don't know. Brooks gone, uh, supposedly. See how it plays out. I, I, there's good things on the uh, on coming for Adam Dewey, I think. But mm. yeah. All right. Well, yeah. for for your sake and all Tigers fans' sake, I hope you have a better year next year. Thanks for calling, Albert. Call anytime, mate. Thanks, bud. 1-300-01-1170. Keep the calls coming in for Jimmy and Brandy coming up in just over 10 minutes' time uh, from now. Not a bad idea. I've heard a lot of people saying that situation about whoever finishes last the season before misses out on Magic Ground. I, I just wonder in terms of if it is the Broncos or the Dolphins may even finish last next year or the Titans or the Cow, any of those Queensland teams, if they had finished last the season before, could you have a magic round in Brisbane without a Queensland team? I suppose if those rules, if that's the way they go, then if it's all set out before the start of the season, teams know. Uh, interesting. Uh, we might talk about that more uh, over the next a few months as we wait and see how they deal with that. Uh, now, this game between Papua New Guinea and Cook Islands, 19 minutes before half time, and it's Papua New Guinea 4 leading Cook Islands 2. Papua New Guinea 4 leading Cook Islands 2. Asking Cold Heroes for you this morning on the text line as well, 0457 736 736. The Chookman says, Hi, Dan. The pumper Jimmy Cassidy for me. Ring a ding ding the pumper for king thank you uh chook man and it's amazing to think and it was only uh someone reminded me yesterday it's less than a week until the melbourne cup 
Uh, Melbourne Cup next Tuesday. It's gone a bit under the radar with all the other sporting events happening, but Melbourne Cup next Tuesday. So it'll all be about the Melbourne Cup next Tuesday on this show and right around SEN. Thank you for the text, Chookman. Thank you uh, for the calls and the text this morning as well. Uh, coming up next is breakfast. Now, Vossi is calling this game between Papua New Guinea and the Cook Islands. Uh, so Jimmy and Brandy will have the breakfast show for you. They will cross to Vossi, no doubt, either at halftime or full-time of this match. Currently, as I say, it's Papua New Guinea 4 leading the Cook Islands 2. For listeners through Queensland, you'll get the first hour of Jimmy and Brandy and then Patton Heels along at 6am local time. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning. We'll recap the second week of the World Cup with Vossi and have a chat with Chris Perkins in America as well. News next, then Jimmy and Brandy for breakfast. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 5am. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.